0: Hey, good people. This is Sharika, E.B., and Sabrina. You're listening to The Kickback. Glad you decided to pull up.
1: What's good? Kickback family, guess what? The Bucks won the Super Bowl. Some people hating on the weekend, some people are just out here wilding when it comes to what's going on the Super Bowl victory. So some days you're like, I want to be in the city of champions, but then when you look at some of these videos, it's like, oh man, never mind, I don't know, maybe we should have lost. I'm just kidding. We're going to be good with the craziness. We are happy that you guys are listening. Sharika, Sabrina, how y'all feeling? What's the temp check?
2: Live from Champa Bay, as I heard our new name is. (laughs) I wish I was feeling that energy, though. In the moment, I was. I loved it. But I don't like a blowout. I like things to be close. I like the tension. I left the Super Bowl festivities after halftime and I watched it on the way home, but I just didn't have the same energy because it was so clear that we won. Why did they have all this talk about Brady and Patrick when Brady just took him to school? It wasn't even a thing. So my energy today is the lazy song, Bruno Mars. Today, I don't feel like doing anything, but I have Mm. to because I got to catch this (laughs) paycheck. And just keep the vibe, but it didn't help the past two days. I was traveling on the road and it was very foggy for like the first three hours. So I feel like Mm -hmm. that fog is still with me, just like not like a sad mood, but just like, you know, do I have to go in? Can we just have some snow days? I don't think, well, no, Sharika, you probably had snow days growing up. I sure did. Snow days got it good. They always came right on time, and it's just like that winter feeling of wanting to hibernate that sort of energy. So that's where I am today. Mm -hmm. Sharika, how are you feeling?
0: Overall, I'm feeling good. I am grateful to God for another day, and I'm happy for Tampa. We are the city of champions. The facts are what the facts are, and even though I'm not into the football, the soccer, the whatever, into the sports like that, it is good to be amongst winners okay one of my favorite songs is from the fray and it's called look after you and it's just my vibe not necessarily in the love relationship just that wanting to connect with somebody and wanting to have that deep relationship with someone or missing that just missing some loved ones today so yeah that is my temp
1: i don't know what the temperature is of (laughs) a winner but that is my temperature (laughs) So if you know the temperature of a winner, then just so you know. you want
0: Tom Brady's temperature right now.
1: <laughs> whatever his temperature is. Like. Well, then again, I don't know about that. Because I saw a video of my man leaving one of their events. And he literally had to get carried out. I don't know what he was drinking. Maybe he was drinking Kool-Aid. Maybe he was drinking water. Maybe he was drinking Gatorade. He
2: said it was that tequila or something. Because <laughs> my man
1: looked at gaunt.
2: <laughs> what's the temperature you have to have to be able to get into the hospital when you go for your checkup that's the winning temperature in my mind uh, <laughs> uh, that 6, normal tip? the
1: normal tip that's definitely where i'm at this week as far as song lyrics it's a song that we all know right i think we've all heard it before you might be like what song is he about to say i think you know the we i had a feeling <laughs> <PS."> <laughs> You know, that, 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 I would say that's yeah. how I'm feeling. I got the second best <laughs> voice in the world. I'm going to let the world know that.
0: Who's the number one?
1: Well, I would assume that it's somebody who walked this earth before me by the name of Jesus. I just know he could sing.
0: Oh, I, not Whitney. I'm, not Michael. Jesus Whitney? and then E.B.
1: <laughs> nah, ain't nobody who do drugs doing singing better than me. So we can't you, we can't even. E.B., now you no.
0: wow, Now you wild for that because, oh, Whitney's worth I'm sorry, E.B., you have a lovely voice, I'm sure, to the pleasing of the Lord's ears. But Whitney, you can't disparage Whitney's voice just because she's do the drugs.
1: There's some other stuff that I want to say right now, but since <laughs> it's Black History Month, I would not do that to a Black woman. Thank I would, you, not, you, I would you. not. I would not. I would not do you. it to her. But Thank I will God. say, ain't nobody who do a drug say it better than me. I'm just going to say that part. No, we, we not going to do that.
0: Agree to disagree on that one. So normally I research my little people. I hear about them in different ways, but it was actually before the Super Bowl was on and my husband and I were at home at the time watching like the pregame show. I don't know. Anyway, I saw this lovely piece that Viola Davis narrated. And I was, was so moved by her telling of this gentleman's story, Mr. Kenny Kingfish Washington. Do y'all even know who he is?
1: Football player? Yeah,
0: I I figured you would, Evie. You'd be into the sports and the things. He was born in L.A. and grew up in the city of Lincoln Heights. He played for the Negro League Baseball, raised by his grandmother Susie and his uncle Rocky, the first uniformed lieutenant in Los Angeles Police Department. He was a star baseball player and football player of Abraham Lincoln High School, where he was named Kingfish. He was the first African-American to be signed to a contract in the NFL. This was post-World War II era. We usually hear about Jackie Robinson, and I had never heard of Kenny Washington. And I believe from that little documentary that he was rated better than Jackie Robinson in baseball. He was a teammate of Jackie Robinson and then... He eventually ended up going over to football. It's crazy to think about what the league looks like today versus before we weren't even allowed to be in the league. Thank you to Mr. Washington who paved the way for all these young men come after him. Black History Month, Super Bowl, we got to welcome to the kickback, Mr. Kenny Washington.
2: Yes, welcome.
1: Definitely, definitely. Shout out to Kingfish. And one of the things that's unique about his story is that you go into a place where you're taking a risk because mm-hmm. you're not wanted or welcomed mm-hmm. by many of the other people. And till this day still is up until not too long ago. And I want to say maybe a decade or so was basically ignored by Tushin that we know as the NFL, where being a racial trailblazer was something mm-hmm. that were disgruntled some folks. And it's just like yeah. people go out and risk their lives or the livelihood of their family or their own reputation and basically just get no credit for it. And it's yeah. only because he's black. There's nothing else to that. So. Thank you, thank you for bringing that to the attention of our fellow listeners.
0: Before we get into all the shenanigans and the topics of the Super Bowl, I just want to preface our conversation by letting y'all know how I enjoy the Super Bowl. And not just the Super Bowl, any Super Bowl, past, present, and I believe in the future. I go to the Super Bowl parties for the snacks, the side conversation, and I love if somebody brings some games. I'm talking about a good phase 10, whatever you got. On the side, that is what I'm all about. I'd be there for the halftime show. Crowd gets a little rowdy, and I look up at the screen, okay, you know, see what cool or exciting thing must have happened. But essentially, your girl don't really care about the actual game, just the vibe of the game.
2: How do you guys celebrate the Super Bowl? I'm kind of on your same vibe, Sharika, but I do mm. like football, and I get into it but I am a fair weather friend. So I'm not going to be watching the NFL every Sunday or college football every Monday. But if I'm present, if I'm there, I choose a team, I commit and I'm down for it. I understand the rules of the game and I find it very enjoyable and entertaining but you know at some point I'm gonna lose interest and go back to the snacks because you know that that is equally <laughs> important to me the fellowship is equally important to me even this past Super Bowl me and Shrika had our own side championship the cornhole championship yeah that was better than <laughs> the game to me honestly to me was just as engaging so I just kind of get caught up in the fanfare of it all and play off of other people's energy but I won't be watching a football game again probably until next year's Super and
1: that's fine that is fine but i also throw out to the world that college football is usually played on saturdays for just so i know y'all listeners gonna try to come for my sister brina so when she said Mondays, she was basically talking about the national championship meaning the big game so if i yes. am going to watch football <laughs> similar to the super bowl i'm only talking when she said monday she's talking about the big games that happen on mondays like so y'all don't just come out of nowhere and be like but they play college games on Saturdays, So she was talking about the big game. She was talking about the little stuff of your raggedy behind team that's out there that's playing on Saturdays. She don't care about that. She was like, who won the championship? But um, I would say for me, uh, I, I'm engaged. I'm locked in, especially when it's my team. Now, I can say in past years when my team is not playing, I watch the game, but I'm not heavily engaged or interested in the outcome because It's not my team. Now there's maybe a player that I'm highly interested in. I'm hoping that they perform well, or if it's one of like a childhood peer and not like peer as in one of my best friends or homies, but somebody who I grew up with, went to school with, or from the same neighborhood, I'll be rooting for them in a sense, if they're not on the team that I normally would cheer for. But my phone goes off. I tell people don't call me, text me, email me, FaceTime me, Zoom me, anything like that between the hours of 6, 30 and 10 or so because I'll turn my phone off so you're going to get a green message and it's just going to be like, what's going on with EB? But that's how I usually watch it and I'm trying to Stay focused in the game as much as possible.
0: Watching E.B. is more entertaining to me than watching the Super Bowl game itself. <laughs> the highs, the lows. He's giving me the drama. When he's down, you can tell he's down. He got his head down. He is mute when his team is up. He got all of the trash talking. Want to hear. He's on his feet. Just go on and go home because if you're late for his scene, your feelings will be hurt. That is entertaining to me. So, what did you expect was going to happen during the game?
1: So I didn't expect it to be down to the last wire. And I know somebody's like, stop lying. You can go on my social media, for those of you who have me on Facebook, you, yeah. or for those of you who don't, you can go look. I predicted that the score was going to be 31 to 17. One of my peers in the comments asked me what was my score. I thought it was going to be 31 17. And you can see, and you got some of the people who was watching the game with me, I was upset that Patrick Mahomes, it was like, take your son to work day as one of the memes, let the world know. I thought he was going to score a touchdown, go for two, and then my prediction of 31-17 was going to be right. But they couldn't even do that. But I expected the Bucs to win. And the only reason I say that, because I know some people are like, no, during the season, they lost to the same team 27-24. to You were right. So, yeah, that's what happened during the season. This same team had over 200 or so yards in the first quarter, but in the second, third, and fourth quarter had less than that, or their star receiver, Tyreek Hill, did. So I know good teams try to do better.
0: Mm.
1: Great teams make adjustments. And I believe that that's what the Bucs did is made some adjustments. Their last loss was against Kansas City during the season. After that loss, they went undefeated. So you see a team on a hot streak. So even if you don't like Tom Brady, you don't like the Bucs, you just look at a team who have consistently beat everyone for the past eight or so weeks. And then you're like, they're just going to lose because of this game that the same team only beat them by three points. No, they're coming with a sense of vengeance to prove others wrong. And some teams, not all teams, but what looked like the Kansas City did, they got complacent because like, ah, oh, we already beat you earlier. It's like, we'll do that again. And that just didn't happen. So I expected the Bucs to win. I didn't
0: know who was going to I was like, I know Kansas City won last year, the Bucks. We haven't always been that great. So I had no idea who was going to win. I did think that Kansas City would have uh, done a little better than they did do. And honestly, I was up for either. I told y'all. It is rumored that Patrick Mahomes looks like my nephew. I live in the city of Tampa. I felt very impartial. (laughs) This is how I choose my team. If it's not the colors for me, what kind of connections do I have to this team? You know, I felt impartial. I was rooting for either one. But I did think, wow, Kansas City, thought you were gonna do better than this. Now in that way, that felt like that was a little disappointing. I did like when the energy is high and it's a little tense in the room. Yeah, I was a little disappointed
2: by Kansas City. You guys know that I echo Sharika's sentiments. I also was a little surprised by the choices that they had in the pre-show activities. Usually (laughs) I'm not watching them, but my in-law Super Bowl gathering, which was like really small and COVID safe, guys, so don't judge us. But it started at four o'clock. So I was forced to be a part of lots of pre-show activities. But I really appreciated their respect for Black History Month. I don't know, maybe Evie can speak into this if they always do this or not. I thought that was very cool. While I love that they included the Black National Anthem right before it started, didn't quite love the choice of the vocalists. I mean, you guys, I have nothing against this girl is on fire, Miss New York, New York. (laughs) But when I think so, I mean, I'm thinking of all the gospel singers we have, all the people who really, when they sing like a Jennifer Hudson type Mm -hmm. and the black national anthem, the lyrics, the message, it's so strong. And then you got the whisper singer out here, come on. Were y'all loving it? Were y'all feeling that moment? Lift every voice and sing Michelle. Lisa Keyes. I
1: agree with you that the vocalist wasn't the best option. But one of the things that the NFL does do, partially because, of course, the Super Bowl is always played during Black History Month, is finds a way to incorporate it in some way. Because I actually took time to go look at last year's pregame show, because I know we talked about it a little bit for the game, but I went to go look at last year's pregame show. And they definitely sung the song, but they didn't do any of the other stuff for the pregame show so it seems like they brought a more i guess you say an awareness Mm. this year for the sake of maybe what we've gone through as a nation or Mm. maybe they had more people on a committee to voice into some i guess situations or some sentiments but it has been a few times that they done that in the past and also i read where there are some stadiums that also do let every voice and sing before their games, in a sense to show sense of unity or camaraderie between the various cultures Within
0: their organization, I've been off Alicia Keys. She alright, but you know, I she's never been my favorite singer. There is one song of hers that I do love, but yeah, I feel like there's a lot more people who could do a better job, but it's not me. So I guess
2: in that brain,
0: I ain't got a leg standing on to say anything. Yeah, but.
2: she's for sure talented. I was just surprised by that I, voice. The other vocalists yeah. I had were very strong though, and I like how they mix like the R and B singer with a country singer and. I think a lot of
0: people was not on that. They said Jasmine could have handled that on her
2: own. <laughs> <laughs> she could have, unity, let's unify. Come on, guys. If J-Lo can sing at the inauguration, then Jasmine can share those spotlight with oh boy.
1: Absolutely. We're not going back to the inauguration, but J-Lo just, they, they should have chosen another one for that. Um, <laughs> the administration, inauguration committee, let's make a better choice on whoever side, right or left or up the middle. Next time we have an inauguration because what we saw that time wasn't it.
0: Did you enjoy the outcome?
1: Yeah, man, that's, that's my guy, man. Um, I don't understand why people don't like him. It's crazy that people don't like people who win. I don't understand what you want a person to do when they go to work. think like You want somebody <laughs> to be productive when they go to work. I, I just don't understand the fact that people dislike him. And I guess I get it because maybe when your favorite player or your favorite team is known for losing, <laughs> You're just mad at the world. And we have folks that we hear, especially within our community, and misery loves company. I guess people want others to be miserable with them because their team is out here taking L's and they expect Tom Brady to do the same. Too bad that that's not the way that God created him.
2: You can't glaze over the fact that there are other reasons that people say are legitimate for why they don't like Brady that has nothing to do with the fact that he wins. There are rumors that he's a cheater. We have deflate gates. There are rumors that in his personal life, he's not about justice for all people. Mm -hmm. So, yes, it is funny and fun to be like, people don't like a winner. But also, do you believe that some people don't like him because they really believe he is a cheater and really believes he is this person who doesn't believe in equality for all people? Of
1: course, that is possible. But you know what I would say to that? When the flake gate happened, he doesn't carry or handles the balls. There's team managers or equipment individuals who handles that. And so the year that the NFL created or installed a rule that they would monitor the balls. You know what he did? He won a Super Bowl that year. And the team that told on him that said, hey, this is what's going on. You know what they did? You can go look it up. It was the Patriots versus the Colts. They blew them out in the playoffs and said, oh, you thought it was the ball? Okay. You guys give me the ball that I'm going to play with. You know, you put the needle in, you check the air pressure, XYZ, XYZ. Now, I don't know football that much. And I'm saying that much as far as does it make a difference. But if you give me a flat football, I'm pretty sure that it'll be more ineffective than effective it's like a tire like what, like so so when people use those type of analogies i'm very interested to say okay so if i deflated a ball how is that more effective me well, as a person flat,
0: EB. It just maybe gave him a better grip. He could hold on to it a little no, better.
2: I agree with Evie on this one. Black, no, it's not like a fake, Eureka. No, it's
0: not flat. But that's what I'm saying. If it's a little less air, then you can hold on to something. You have never held a little ball that's... I've held the ball. Yeah. I understand. <laughs> ball. Evie makes a good point. He makes a I don't point. agree. When there's a little less air, you have a better grasp on the ball. I don't know how it feels to throw the not- ball. I don't know how to throw the ball. But I feel like you can hold a ball better when it's a little less air than it when it's tight and very full
1: that's not what i'm necessarily debating i'm debating that after the rule was changed nfl referees examining the transition of all league balls he still mm-hmm. won a championship so that tells me that it wasn't anything to do with the ball
0: i'm not discrediting his skills i think he is a wonderful player Obviously, the stats prove that he is. He's won more Super Bowls than anyone else. He's the great player. I do think that that ball could have been an advantage, but I don't think that's the only reason.
1: And again, I don't think he was doing it intentionally. If he comes out and say he did, then that would be something we'll discuss at the time. But after the rules change, he still killed it. Now, when it comes to equality for all, I would have to see something of substantial evidence that says that he feels that way. Because just this season alone, being in Tampa, he went out with his fellow teammates, on days where they went to the community and reached underdeveloped or unprivileged individuals within our community, despite COVID or being in this pandemic. Of course, in a safe way, locking arms with his teammates so letting them know he's there for them. After winning, and you can see it in his speeches, he said, it's not about me, it's about these guys. During his interviews in the past six or seven guys? weeks, Mike Evans, his teammates. <laughs> or he'll tell them that like, I've been here before, I want to do it for these long-standing Buccaneers who haven't had the chance to even be in a playoff game, who their first playoff is them winning a Super Bowl. Because, of course, I want to win. That's why I play in the game, and that's why I came here. But there's some other guys here who do all the hard work. They do all the heavy lifting. So for a leader to put others before himself – I just don't understand how you can dis- discredit that.
0: E.B., yeah, I will take your word on all the Tom Brady shenanigans.
2: Yeah, I don't even know the rumors. I just repeated little hearsays that I yeah. heard.
0: And maybe they are a bunch of haters, Evie. I don't know.
2: Of course, any time you're at the top, I mean, look at Jesus. God's own son, and you saw how the haters got him killed. <laughs> Well, another thing though it wasn't me commercial. No Ashton Kusher and Mia Mia well. oh, is beautiful woman, but that was the most man-aged version of that song. And I was like, no, 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 because that was my jam when I was younger. Really? Don't do, yes, don't do him like that. And I was so happy when he showed up in the commercial and actually sang it right. And I was like, okay, good. At least the next generation who didn't know like the original glory of this song can hear how it's jammed. Girl, it wasn't me, girl. Me and my siblings, every time my mom would be like, who left this trash can out? It wasn't me. Girl, we would be killing the <laughs> at me as a kid. If I it would was, love that. not if the song wasn't about cheating. It's like when we were little and we sang How Many Licks with the whole family. <laughs> when you're little, you just be saying, <laughs> you don't be <laughs> one of me. I know. Listen, sorry, listeners. I'm from a Christian family, but my family would definitely have like the Friday night, Saturday night dance parties. And I remember my whole family wrapping seat windows up. <laughs> <laughs> Now that I'm an adult, I'm like, mom, I'm like, oh my god. <laughs> Wow! That, said, that one and Mr. Boom Bostick those were like <laughs> yes so that was the one commercial when it first started I was not feeling it because I was like they are not going to let them through this song but then they gave my, they gave my man um, a little platform so did you guys have commercials <laughs> that you loved or hated?
0: Definitely the Alexa commercial starring Michael B. Jordan if you are a Michael B. Jordan fan I recommend Checking out this commercial. It was everything. And I know there's people out there like, oh, they're making it sexual. They sure were. Just like all those other commercials that use women eating the burger on the car, and all the other sexuals, y'all wasn't on that. Because it's a man out there. And all he did was take off his shirt and share in the little sprinklers. You know, did he take off his share in the sprinklers? It doesn't even matter. It was a great commercial. I thoroughly enjoyed it.
1: I think one of my favorites was the Tom Brady and Rob Gronkowski T-Mobile commercial. And just the way yeah. they talked about, one, getting out of retirement. And so even if you're not a Tom Brady fan or a Rob Gronkowski fan, I would encourage you to go just, you know, you, it's on the YouTube. You can go check it out. Just an interesting storyline of how they played into the transition to Tampa and the Rob getting back out from retirement. And I think one of the other ones took me a little bit back to my childhood. I like to use DoorDash. DoorDash, if some, one of your peoples or one of your reps is listening, we'll gladly do a sponsor for you guys. I usually don't do this and put other businesses out there, but if you're at home and you're struggling to get up and leave the house to go get your own food, DoorDash is available. But they had Big Bird and Sesame Street doing a commercial for them. And that was probably the best commercial I would say that I've seen during I the Super Bowl. Big
0: Bird. I haven't seen the Big Bird commercial. One other thing, when you said that something needed help, I thought you were going to talk about this halftime show. And Evie said some people were hating on the weekend. It was me. I was hating on the
2: weekend. I'm also some people. After seeing it, how much of your own money... If you were The weekend, would you invest in that show? If you already know what he did, then don't answer the question. Evie, do you already know? Those I already that. know, too. You already know, too? So I didn't see a $7 million meet. I did. I know that, well, the NFL, they'll help the performers up to a certain number for their halftime performance. And after that number, the NFL is like, you're on your mm-hmm. own. So I'm just like... I thought
0: the visual effects were great and I could see how that stuff cost a lot of money. I didn't appreciate his songs. I remember thinking, they put a lot of money in this to not be exciting. And he had a million and one
2: people out there. That's not oh. like, so much money. They were like, you want me to dance during COVID? Okay, <laughs> what did EB say? That's my new rate. The rate's just one. <laughs> <That's laughs> rate. His music, while I don't always appreciate the content of it, like he's talented. I just judge Super Bowl performances by the energy of the room mm-hmm. where i'm at and i noticed that in our super bowl festivities people were talking no one was really engaged with the screen i don't know if it's because well his songs aren't really that mellow they just were not engaged there were mm-hmm. some like haha look at the screen moments like oh he's doing like a house of mirrors or my husband said oh those people look like they had underwear on their heads, and then he was vacuumed whatever conversations they were having, you know, we do compare Super Bowl performances. When you have Super Bowl performances where every moment you're locked in and it has nothing to do with if the fans are on the field or not because you think of a performer like Adele, who can just be on the stage with a mic Mm -hmm. and people are locked in. So there's just, I don't know, something just wasn't there for me. That being said, I was really surprised when I went to watch it back on YouTube. So many of the comments were like, You know, he went from being homeless in Toronto to the Super Bowl 10 years later, and his fans loved every moment. So I was like, maybe I'm missing something. Maybe if you were invested from the beginning, you would be so proud. But I thought it was lackluster. For me, it's the connection to the music. Are you a fan? Do you love his songs? I think you would love the performance.
0: I'm not. I'm not a fan of his songs, not because I think they're trash. One, I just don't know a lot of them. And the one that I do know, I didn't hear. I heard that it was played, but I was probably in that side conversation. And I missed the whole thing. Now, when they put that Katy Perry up there, when they had that Lady Gaga, when they had the Beyonce, the Bruno Mars, I was all the way locked in.
1: When you follow the part of the storyline overall, it was, I would say a good performance. I won't say great if I had to rate it on a scale from one to 10, it's around a seven and a half or eight out of 10. Like he gets a mid to a high C or probably a low B. Part of that, even though we say some may disagree, but I would say he had no fans on the field as normal. I'm not a day in and day out performer, but it's times where I've been up in front of crowds with people and I had to partake in something, whether it's preaching or speaking or doing a spoken word or participating in some form of an art form or in a presentation. And when it's just you, slightly different than when it's a crowd in front of you. Now, does that change everything up and down? Possibly, but not for everybody. But I did take time to go back and look at 2019 with Maroon 5 and Big Boy and Travis Scott, and I can tell you that The weekend did better than those three guys. It mm-hmm. was solo. That's just my opinion. Now, the other years, when you look at a Justin Timberlake or a Lady Gaga or a Coldplay, but then when people think about Coldplay's part of it, it was no beef. It was trash to me. But what made it better was do the you like Bruno Coldplay Mark. music? I do listen to Coldplay. I said you liked them. them After you listen. 2016, if you go back to that performance, uh-huh. just watch their parts to begin with and look at how the energy changes. When Bruno Morris comes out and Beyonce comes out, mm-hmm. people will say, oh, look what that happened. No, it was Beyonce. You can look at it. Even the energy in the crowd, <laughs> even the energy in the crowd changed. And of course, naturally, it would because it's Beyonce yeah. and Coplay. Like if you had to choose, that's what would happen. But I would assure you a person who does a solo act in all of the last about decade or so, people who had multiple celebrities with them or multiple superstars, people say that, oh, this was better or that was better. And it's like, it was other people there. Like the year before that, in 2015, yes, Katy Perry killed it. Like she is a beast. She is an amazing artist and performer. But then in that same one, she had Lenny Kravitz and Missy Elliott. Like that wasn't a regular performance. Like that was more than that. And these people had marching bands and so on and so on. So for me, it was the pandemic that we're in and no crowd
0: Mm -hmm. and
1: getting people to connect I think, with his storyline. Now, the average viewer or the person who doesn't follow him or listen to him or watch his interviews during Super Bowl week to figure out what is his plan, they wouldn't know that or care for that. So for him to talk about, in a sense, the bandages and how people cover themselves up and worry about their personality in Hollywood and how you're on top of the world and all the flashing lights and all the fame and how all of those things can come crumbling down, it's one of those things of just like, oh, it's more to this story. I'm not going to give you all the glitz and glamour because that's not reality day in and day out in the life of a celebrity. So that was part of, I would say, my takeaway. But again, I rated it a 7.5 or 8, but it wasn't terrible. It wasn't trash.
0: I think what happens, uh, Maroon 5 or Coldplay, a lot of these people are pop stars, and I think a lot more variety of people listen to pop music. The weekend has, I would say, a smaller demographic of people that listen to his music, so I feel like when you have those pop stars or people who have a wider variety of fans, energy He's going to change when they get on that stage because there's a lot more people that connect to their music and know them and are familiar with them. You go to the mall, you hear the Katy Perry's, like you go to the Walgreens, the Walmart, you hear these people all the time. You don't necessarily hear The Weekend as much in a wider range of areas. And I don't think his performance was trash. When you're locked into a person's story and all that, you're more open to whatever they do. I just feel like a lot of people weren't. Sabrina was saying she read the comments. They were more concerned with his story than the actual performance. They were like, oh, well,
2: he went through this and he went through that. But what is he doing on this stage now that's exciting? To be fair, many did care about his performance. And like I said, to my surprise, they just said, you know, That it was actually really good and they talked about how he had a successful album during the pandemic. It's the isolated vocals for me. If you take his vocals out of that, I just didn't feel like, obviously I said he's talented, blah, blah, blah. But if you listen to those isolated vocals, I don't think anybody, even his biggest fan would be like, oh, this is it. So... It is what it is. We mm-hmm. can all uh, just live in our separate quarter about what, and some people like mention, yes, he's not a dancer. He's a singer. And to be fair, mm-hmm. there some of the people he's being compared to, like once again, a Beyonce or even a Bruno Mars. Bruno Mars is an entertainer. Mm-hmm. He is not mm-hmm. just a singer, you know? So yeah. that being said, I'm going to stay in Evie's world and I'm going to do a seven-ish and that's high. I would do a 6.5, and we're on a 10 point scale here. I'm mm-hmm. gonna give him a seven because he is the singer. And he put his own seven mil, so it'll be a seven. Sharika, did you give him a score, one to 10? I'm
0: giving him, I wanna say 5.5, high six. And I'm not looking at the like five is fail. I'm looking at five is in the middle. And that's about what he did for me, a middle job. Looked like he put a lot of energy in the performance, the thought, the whole choir, all the people on the field. Like I think he put a lot of work into what his vision is, I'm speaking to is like when you get on the stage is it attractive to everyone or do I have to know your story to connect Katy Perry I don't know what her vocals were if you pulled them out of the performance because I feel like people get hype and they get into it Girl, but it's the music
2: for most of it so let's and see. that's and that's <laughs> just fine <laughs> with other me
0: yeah yeah I'm, I'm like can you bring the energy to a non fan? He didn't for me, but I appreciate the hard
2: work that he put into it.
1: It was no fans there for him to do that. It ain't that easy. It was no fans like. E. As there's any- no
2: one at the Super Bowl. Come on now.
1: That is way different from th- from past years where there's anywhere between 500 to a thousand people right in front of you. That's just but like when you're at home.
2: Vocals? You sing better when we're. Well, no, she don't right?
1: care about the vocals. She don't oh. care about the vocals. She was talking about just the but natural. E. I'm
0: going to tell you but from my own personal experience. I have the best time by myself singing. I don't need the crowd. If I'm loving the music, that's all I need. And it's not like he was on the stage alone. He had all those dances. There was the atmosphere. Like, there might not have been a crowd to be like, woo! But there was all the singer. And if you couldn't get the energy from your own music, sir, that's on you.
2: Maybe it's right, To As a performer, think about, because you've danced. You've done theater. It takes so much to put out. You kind of play off the crowd's energy. That being said, I feel like there were people there. But you know, you know. You saw I- the movie. So did you see that
1: movie? Not yet. I did see the movie, but I'm gonna compare it. I'm gonna compare it to the church.
0: Different. We had past
1: no no no. We that's different. We have pastors forcing people back to church because them preaching in an empty church was crazy to them. They didn't have that sense of connection to their crowd or their audience, but they're like, okay, what we're gonna do, we're just gonna have 50 to 100 y'all. Y'all at least gotta be in the balconies. And then that changed to, no, no, more people could come down low. Ah, let's just bring everybody back. We'll be okay. This virus ain't even real. We just wear your mastering. and if pastors are doing that, people who are saying that they blood breathe the Holy Spirit to get their message across, what do you think a performer is going through in their mind? Now, granted, the weekend hasn't come out and say that, but I'm just saying I'm still giving him seven and a half to an eight. But I think that that would be, I guess, my totally superficial reasons to validate why it may have mm-hmm. a lackluster sense of energy also compared to in past years that we're comparing to where people were on stage with other people it wasn't just them solo so like next but year he we'll wasn't see what happens. solo we're talking so, you know, a million people
0: none. out there
1: like when Shakira and whoever did it it
2: was Jayla just, yeah, yeah
1: no see but i'm saying i don't remember i remember it was her and another celebrity but like we know that it's a difference from those two and that one just naturally
2: he's right Um, but i admit you play off of people's energy it is what it is but i'm saying all those people didn't give him all his whole wire all those people y'all never gonna agree and i see where both sides are coming from i felt like i said it was lackluster but also (laughs) evie is right It is different if I'm up here being the hype person by myself versus if it's me and you, just like the podcast. You remember when Kev had the podcast by himself? It wasn't him, so he had to bring that chick Angel. And it's not because Kev is bad or anything. It just creates a different energy. I agree with
1: that. That's crazy. We had to put Kev in it just for her to agree.
2: That's not true. true. That's true. Well, the weekend may not have gotten the energy, but who I'm talking about today definitely got the energy. And you know what? In Sharika's defense, he brought people together to get it. If you build it, they will come, especially if it means getting away from racial discrimination. That was the goal for Alan Allensworth, founder of the first all-Black township in California known as Allensworth. As a boy born into slavery, Allen's work was punished for learning to Mm. read and write. Can you imagine? As it was unlawful for enslaved people in Kentucky and across the South. During the Civil War, he escaped and sought refuge behind the Union line where he worked as a civilian nurse in the Army Hospital Corps. When he was there, he discovered that the four black army regiment, the Buffalo Soldiers, had no black chaplains. He immediately sought after that appointment. And at the time that he got it, he was only the second African-American name to serve as a U.S. Army Chaplain. He retired as a Lieutenant Colonel on April 7th, 1906, having achieved the highest rank of an African American in the U.S. Armed Forces. After his army days his family moved to California where he began to implement his dream creating an all-black community where they would be allowed to thrive outside the restrictions of the Jim Crow South. The town had many great successes including becoming a voting precinct in 1912 and having California's first African-American school district encompassing 33 square miles even after Colonel Allensworth died in 1914 and when people started leaving to pursue jobs during World War II the town continued on at its peak in the early 1920s it had as many as 300 residents. Its downtown area now stands as the Colonel Allensworth State Historic Park and there are still residents who live outside of it today. It might seem like a small thing to us because we've lived I know myself, I've lived in towns where there's so many minorities and there's so much diversity, but it is a huge deal that in that time, like 1906, creating a town outside of Jim Crow, all black, like, isn't it Jay-Z? Who's on all black, everything, black, car, black? (laughs) So that is just incredible. And that they weren't just there having to worry about getting burnt down, like some of the other places, et cetera, but they thrived. They became a voting precinct. And we know that voting means power. Voting means your voices are being heard. The power to vote means the power to change things. So shout out to him for not just escaping slavery and then just chilling and trying to find his little piece his own little corner but he consistently was out there trying to make the world a better place for everyone especially black and brown people
1: now i feel like the next time i go to california i need to go to that town like that's crazy i want to check it out and see what's up
2: same what are you expounding on today Evie?
1: this gonna be different say one or two
2: do you want us to just say it at the same time or
1: hopefully y'all are saying the same one because i'm only going to expound on one of them but i'm just debating okay. which one i'm going to expound right, on today
2: sure after abc let's say our number ready a B C 2
0: 1 It's cool
1: um- Y'all want to try again or it doesn't matter? I was going to yeah, go
0: with number two, it. but then I figured you like number one. So I went with number one and then you went let Let's two. just go with number one. We are number one. This is Tampa That's event. why I was thinking I was going to go with number two, but I'm like, Sabrina's like a winner. She's going to pick number one. So I'm going to go with number one. Her ideogram
1: <laughs> is a number one. But yeah, all right. I'll go with number one. It is interesting that... You post something on your own social media and people find a way to come out of the woodworks to comment. They don't comment on nothing else of substance. You tell people to do their devotions and drink water. You tell people to go love other people. You tell people to stand up for injustice, but they don't even think about coming through and saying, I agree with you, or I stand with you, or I affirm you, EB. I am marching along with you in this. To all of our listeners, to those who like to share the podcast to other people, to that person right now who's driving to work or driving from work or driving to wherever you're going, listening to podcast. As we celebrate Black History Month, I want you to know that tolerating and accepting Black people is not a thing that we care for. We don't necessarily care for you to tolerate us. That ain't what God put us here for. If you are really on my side or in my corner, you will affirm me. You will stand up for me. You will actually be, in a sense, that backbone. I don't necessarily need it. I got God on my side. I got my people like Sabrina and Sharika. I got a lovely spouse. I got my homies, so I don't necessarily need it. But when you make sure that your words and your actions are one, It changes things in the eyes of those people you say you love. So I'm going to talk about somebody that a lot of people might not know. But if you want to know more about this guy, his name, he's not black. His name is Mark Cuban. Most of you might just know him from the Shark Tank. I can tell you that I don't really know him from the Shark Tank. I know him as one of the crazy owners of the National Basketball Association. And he's the owner of the Dallas Mavericks. Do anybody know what day the NBA season started? I not tell you. Nobody? Nobody? Mm-mm. All right. This season started December the 22nd, meaning we're almost about two months in or about seven or eight weeks in. And you know what the Dallas Mavericks decided to do. They have not played the national anthem up until this week.
0: Hold up, hold up. What 22nd? Who what?
1: December the 22nd, 2020. They was not playing the national anthem. The first time that they decided to play the national anthem was February the 10th, 2021 against Mm. the Atlanta Hawks. So in playing it, People realize, well, the Mavericks said the anthem will play before Wednesday's game with the Atlanta Hawks at the American Airlines Center in Dallas, reversing course after the league ordered teams to include the song as part of their pregame ritual. So I posted a picture of the words of the owner saying they weren't going to play it. So I thought it was like a new decision that they were like, we're not playing it moving forward. I didn't know that this was something that happened back in December and they weren't playing it. And now they reverse course and started planning again. That informed me that we can do without it. Because <laughs> we just went almost two months without it. Nobody in the world, nobody on social media, because it wasn't trending anywhere. Nobody on the major news network. I don't care if you lean left, right or up the middle. None of them talked about it. But right when he started playing it again, it became a sense of controversy. And it caused division. And it was interesting that the Mavericks had not played the national anthem before any home game during the preseason or the regular season. Why? Because he didn't come out and necessarily say, but his team said, we respect and always have respected the passion people have for the anthem and our country. But we also loudly hear the voices of those who feel that the anthem does not represent them. We feel that their voices need to be respected and heard because they have not been. Going forward, our hope is that people will take the same passion they have for this issue and apply the same amount of energy to listen Mm -hmm. to those who feel differently from them. Only then we can move forward and have courageous conversations that move this country forward and find what unites us. Now, I don't know about you. The anthem doesn't necessarily make a difference in my life. If they play it, whatever. If they don't play it, whatever. But it was interesting that with my post, the only thing I talked about was the anthem. Somebody found a way to talk about the flag. Nowhere in my post did I talk about the flag. Nowhere in the comments did we talk about the flag. But because they are so gung-ho about this anthem and about this flag, it leads me to this word that I've been seeing a lot. I haven't done a lot of research on it, but if you have a Christian nationalist in your circle, have a conversation with them. Remind them that the national anthem or that American flag will not be in the heaven. We will not be singing, oh, say, we will be singing, holy, holy, holy. (laughs) So if you're not ready to sing, holy, 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 I would encourage you to find Jesus. That flag can't save you. That flag will not save you. That flag didn't die for you. That flag don't bear your sins. Like, what are y'all doing, people? Now, mm-hmm. what I will say is, for those out there who find a way, I guess, disrespect or degrade the nation that they live in or the flag, that's not the best course of action if we're going to talk about uniting one another. Just have the conversation. Be like, I would say, the Dallas Mavericks, where they find a way where their words and their actions are one. I think it's a lot of scriptures about that. Don't just be hearers of the word, be doers of the word as well. We're not going to preach today. I could, but I won't. Just know that no matter how many times you sing the national anthem, no matter how many times you fold or you hold that flag, it will not grow or strengthen your relationship with our Savior. And the part that throws me off all the time is we expect these athletes to play this song and to wave that flag at their workplace. But I know where I work at at 830, when I'm there at 830, we're not playing the national anthem. So why we expect the other people at their jobs to play the national anthem? That's all I'm expounding on today. Now, I know some people will say, oh, it's sports and it unifies people. Da, 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 da. I work at a church. I think we do a lot of unifying, but sometimes we're very, very divisive mm-hmm. for whatever reasons. I try not to be. That'd be other people. I'd be trying to just stay on. When they go low, I go high because I'm trying to go to the highest of the heavens and be with, with Jesus. I don't know what everybody else trying to do. That's today, the part. Shout out to the Dallas Mavericks for playing y'all national anthem. Cause y'all want to hear it. So thank them for finally playing it and them playing it. It causes controversy because y'all think that they're not playing it. And it's always good to do research. Cause again, I thought that they were moving forward by not playing it, but it's, they have not played it since the season started. And since now they're bringing fans back into their arena, they are starting to play it again. So basically, they're playing it for the fans and not necessarily for themselves. At least that's what it seems like to me. Shout out to the Dallas Mavericks. This man is giving away, or they are allowing first responders and frontline healthcare workers. The chance to put their name in a raffle like all dallas area hospitals you basically submit your name on a website all employees and 1500 to 2000 frontline responders and help first responders healthcare workers are going to the dallas mavericks home game for free he's doing that for about four to six games and it's free entry for them to come see nba players and i think that something like that it's just very very awesome him showing his support for those who are on the front line of this pandemic. Yeah,
2: I love when you expound because my world view is just, well, expounded. I had no clue <laughs> that was even a thing and you just keep it so real with our listeners. And it's just really intriguing how people are. And I know you studied psychology. i studied psychology. I think Sharika's into it too. So it's just, it's just- Yeah, interesting. and then people, sociology. There mm-hmm. we go. To see how people's minds work and the way they move. It's like, I honestly can just see how God was like, you know, I have to just rain on these people and not in a good way. <laughs> they are annoying. My but he gosh. also gave his son for us. So, you know, I'm- I was listening to Exodus
0: and the people like God delivered. And how quickly did they forget Moses went up on that mountain? They were like, Who is Moses that brought us up? Bring us that golden calf, though. People be dang loyal. People do whatever they want. I will recommend something. It is what I do when I need to just zone out and be mindless, it's a little game on my phone that I thoroughly enjoy. It's called Cooking Diary. And you make the little meals and you serve the little people. And when I just need to zone out for a little bit at home when I'm watching TV or something, or I love a, a good audiobook, remember my first recommendation at the first podcast was Food Blog because I love a good audiobook. I play Cooking Diary. I remember when Sabrina was telling us about her little coloring app, and I've been, you know, shame share that I, too, love a good phone game on a little long car ride, not when you're driving, obviously, but if you're a passenger and you need a little something to occupy your little time, Cooking Diary. But my favorite game, which I will recommend, also, similar to Cooking Diary, I play it on my husband's Xbox is Overcooked. That is my jam. I love that game. I got Overcooked too for Christmas. I feel like I'm officially a gamer just because I played Overcooked on the Xbox. And I wish this pandemic was over so I could invite a friend over to play with me because my husband refuses. But those are my two games that I want to recommend today. Overcooked and cooking dairy.
2: Well, kind of in that same vein, I want to talk recommend something that's food related. But you guys know me and Sharika, we be about the foods anyway. Okay. So if you want to grow fresh herbs, vegetables, and more in three easy steps all year round. Try out an arrow garden. This is an indoor garden system that doesn't need a lot of sun. It comes with its own little soil. You don't have to add extra soil. And you really don't have to have a green thumb. You can get one for as cheap as $30 and they go up to hundreds of dollars. It just depends on how much you want to grow. I got one of these for my birthday either last year or two years ago. It came like with these little pods. You just put it in, you push the button. It has its own like LED sunlight that goes off when it needs it. It tells you when to water it. It tells you when to add plant food. You guys, we have a huge basil plant now. We have parsley. We have cilantro. And we don't have to go out and buy these things. It's really exciting just kind of tapping into growing your own food. The afternoon of the Super Bowl, when I was at my in laws, I didn't even know they had an orange tree in their backyard. I saw my mother in law with the huge broomstick thing. And I was like, what is she doing back there? She went all the way to the back. Was picking oranges. Honestly, I'm about that life. Not like all the way farm life, but you know, somewhere in between. So dive into growing your own food today. Get yourself an arrow garden.
1: As we talk about again Black History Month, and we talk about things that sometimes we don't even like talking about within our own community. When I say our own community, in the Black and Brown community, of things that have impacted us, I am urging, requesting, and I would even say pleading, I'm going to say one more word, begging for you to go to Netflix and watch a documentary called Crack, Cocaine, Corruption, and Conspiracy. It talks about basically the racial injustice that happens in this nation, economic inequities, police corruption, media ethics, and foreign policy scandals that all impacted mainly the Black and Brown communities during the 1980s crack epidemic. I will, I'll just say, I'm confident you will learn something that you did not know before of how this drug has negatively impacted our nation. And I would even say our world, but check it out. As always, if you enjoy this episode or any, other episode make sure you share it with your squad and subscribe to the pod and if life tries to knock you down like they try to do with my boy Tom Brady make sure you just turn into an old 43 year old and you come back with some young goons by the name of Mike <laughs> Evans and Rob Gronkowski and Chris Godwin and Leonard Fournette and Rojo and a crazy defense with Devin White and Levante David and I can go on and on and on and just make sure you kick back. We hope you enjoy this episode.
0: I want goons.